Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. All right, let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And to get our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' name. Alright, so we're looking at the impact of the spirit. The spirit here would mean both the human spirit and the spirit of God on the human body. It's very important for us to understand and we need to ask ourselves one question. That's a very important question. Why did God create man? How did God create man? Why was man created? Man was not created, according to Genesis chapter 1, for death. Man was not created for death. And that's very important. Man was not created for death. And I need you to pay very close attention to this teaching, very, very importantly. Man was not created for death. Man was created for dominion on the earth. In the image and likeness of God. So, it's important to, to understand two words here. Death and dominion. These two words are very important. If your mind thinks death as the ultimate destination of man, you need, to need, you need a mind renewal. Man was not created, and you've got to listen to the teaching I did on um, longevity. So, when God created man, God didn't create man for death. But when sin came, the Bible says, the day you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. Now, pay attention. God at that point did not refer to physical death. I was talking about spiritual death. Because the day Adam ate of that tree, he died. But even though Adam died, the life that Adam had in him, when God created him, sustained him for another 800 to 900 years before he physically died. Which means that before death could act on the body of Adam, it took over 800 years because he was infused with the life of God. Now, when God started walking with the children of Israel... He asked them to make the tabernacle. So the tabernacle, if you look under the, the little graph I gave to you there, had the outer court, the holy place, and then the holies of holies. So the tabernacle was made in three dimensions. The outer court, the holy place, and then the holies of holies. Now, in the holies of holies was the Ark of the Covenant, right? That had the Aaron's rod that bordered the Ten Commandments and the uh, the manner. Now the ark was in the most holy place. 
God always had worked in threes. Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. Noah's, um, Noah's ark had three decans. Noah's ark had three decans. God has always worked in that way. Now, if you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 24, 1 Thessalonians 5:24, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. So he says, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Then in, 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 uh, there's a, a semicolon there. Alright, if you, if you look up. There's a semicolon there. May the God of peace sanctify you entirely. So he's defining what that entirely means. And he says, and may your spirit, right? Your soul and body be kept complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Alright? May the God of peace himself sanctify you. Entirely, so you can see the semicolon there. And may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete. Now, the preservation, not understand that word now, when he says, May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved, he's talking about every dimension and every component of yourself your spirit, your soul, and then what? Your body. Be preserved, okay, without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this tells us. That man is a tripartite being. Tri is the word three. So man does not have a body. Man lives in a body. So man is spirit. Man has a soul. And man lives in a body. So the body which is the outer case of man, is what Paul will refer to as the earthly tent. Right? That's what Paul will refer to as the earthly tent, which means that it's the house that is covering what? The spirit and what? And the soul. Are we together? Are we together? All right. So, your spirit is where God communicates. All right? So, if I were to write, I would say, your body is world conscious. Alright? W-O-R-D. Your body is world conscious. Your soul is self-conscious. And your spirit is God conscious. Your body is world conscious. That's the earth, the earthly realm is world conscious. Your soul is self-conscious. And your spirit is God conscious. World conscious, self conscious, God conscious. And that's a very important order. That's a very important order. Okay. So, what is the soul made up of? So, the soul is made up of the mind. So, if you look at your little graph there that I have, the soul is made up of the mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions, and your memories. Now, pay very close attention to that because we're going to deal with something like that. Your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions, and your memories. Now, if you go to um, two words used for the word soul in the Hebrew, 
is nephes and in the Greek is psyche. If you go to Genesis 2, 7, you'll see there it says, Genesis 2, 7, it says, And the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground. Right? Okay. And the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground. So this man that he formed of the dust of the ground, the dust of the ground makes up the tent of man, the body of man. Right? Then it says, And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the spirit dimension. And man became a living being. Or, if you use the King James Version, it says man became a living soul. So in Genesis chapter, one, chapter 2 verse 7, you see, form man of the dust of the ground. So the dust of the ground forms the, uh, the tents, the, the earthly body. Right? The breath of life. The breath of life. The spirit man. And then man became what? A living soul. Are we together? Alright. Now, it's important to understand that with your soul... Now, let me give you another scripture. New Testament scripture. Matthew 10, 28. Matthew 10, 28. It separates the soul and the body. It says, And do not fear those who kill the body. Alright? But cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him, God, who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Matthew 10, 28. Now, many times we pay very close attention to our bodies. Sometimes a bit of attention to our soul, but little attention to our spirits. And that is why, as Christians, we struggle with sickness and disease. Now, I have lived in divine health for years. And what I'm teaching you tonight is one of the secrets of my living in divine health. You can live and not be sick if you choose to. Now, there are, I've, I've thought about the six sources of sickness in one of our healing uh, meetings, so go get, get that message. Now, there are natural times where you put your body under stress and you just break down. We're not talking about that. The original intention for God, of God for you is not just to receive healing. It's to live in divine health. So God's plan is not that you get sick, you're healed, you get... No. It's to live in health. And we need to understand that we have more role to play in walking in the will of God than God actually does. And that's what I'm really emphasizing this year to people because we almost make it look like God is choosing who to heal and who not to heal. Or there's some special anointing for someone to live in. No. There are natural laws or rules you shouldn't break or you get sick. When the children of Israel were going through the wilderness, the Bible says for 40, um, for 40 years... They, they, they were not, um, their natural force was not abated. God kept them, God preserved them. But you, know, you understand something, when they got into Canaan, that supernatural dimension didn't work with them again. God gave them what to eat and not what not to eat. That supernatural dimension stopped. There is how far you can live on the anointing of God to live long. 
There are things you need to stop doing. There are things you need to stop thinking if you want to live long. And that's very important. So follow me. So with your soul, you, if you look at that little uh, graph I did there, you have the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. So your conscious mind is made up of your mind, your will, and your intellect, right? Your will and your intellect. That's where you make a lot of choices. Okay? And that's where Adam and Eve chose to disobey God. They used their conscious mind. Now, you also have what you call your subconscious mind, which is made up your, of your emotions, your memories, your beliefs. They're not they are subconscious. They are memories that can be stored in your mind. Now, understand this, and it's very important when it comes to healing and health. Things, and I tell people all the time, your, your, it's like when people say the internet never forgets. Things never really leave your life. They are stored there. That's why sometimes you realize that when certain incidents happens, it will remind you of what happened when you were young. Right? Now, you, maybe for the last 30 years, you've not even remembered that. And you're just wondering, why do you remember that right now? Or something happens and it triggers, and you're wondering, where did that anger come from? So things are actually stored in your subconscious mind. And that is why if you really want to walk in the liberty that God has created for you, you must understand what it means to be a new man in Christ. You see, the Christian that holds to his past life consistently cannot walk in divine health. Because you know what the, the enemy will do? Every time you want to walk in victory, you see, your memory must not be stronger than what Christ has done for you. Are you following this now? Come on, are you still with me? Alright, so we've got the, the mind, the will, the intellect, the conscious mind, then we have the emotions and the memories. Okay, so let me just give you some Bible verse on this. Knowledge is a matter of the mind. Knowledge is a matter of the mind. Proverbs 19, 21 and Proverbs 24, verse 14. Knowledge is a matter of the mind. I'm going to run through some scriptures because I want to get to certain things tonight. Psalm 139, verse 14 says, My soul knows it well. When it says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, uh, you know, great are your thoughts and everything. It now says, My soul knows it well. So there is something about your soul that holds knowledge. Job 7.15 says, My soul will choose. So that my soul will choose suffocation, death, rather than my pains. Pay attention to what Job is saying here. When Job went through that crisis, please pay very close attention. When Job went through that crisis, Job said, My soul would choose suffocation, death, rather than pains. So Job soul could choose what will happen to his body. So your soul can make choices. Okay? Go to Job 6-7. Job 6-7. It says, My soul refuses to touch them. They are like loathsome food to me. Did you see two things in this passage of two passages of Job? Go back to Job chapter 7, verse 15. Job 7:15. What did he say? Let's read together. One to go. Let's read together. What did he say? 
so that my soul will choose what? Suffocation, death rather than pain. Have you seen where people chose to die rather than go through pains? Okay, maybe you have not seen, but you've heard. When someone says, I'd rather die than go through these pains. His soul chose that. Go to uh, Job 6, 7. Uh, Job 6, 7, yeah. He says, my soul refuses. Can you see in that two verses of scripture we've just read, the different choices that the soul made? At one point, the soul chose suffocation. At another point, the soul refused. Okay. So it means that your soul is strong enough to choose things and to refuse things. Okay. Now, if you go to 1 Chronicles 22 verse 19, it says, Now set your heart and your soul to seek after God. So you can set your heart and you can set your soul to seek after God. So there can be a setting of your soul. Right? There can be a setting of your soul. Now, set your heart and your soul to seek God. Now, the New Testament version of this will say, set your mind on things above. So, pay close attention here. It means that a man can set his mind. How is the man setting his mind? He is choosing where to place his mind. Are you here? Are you with me? He's choosing where to place his mind. So the Bible even goes further to say, he will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed. Now, that word stayed means a continuous fixing. Right? Let's go back. If I say, set your mind on things above. It means you can set your mind. You can focus on your mind. You can focus your mind on things above. Now, if I say, I want you to set your mind on things above and stay your mind on that. What am I trying to say? What do you think I'm trying to say? Talk to me. What do you think I'm trying to say? Fix it on there. Don't take your mind off. Because if you can set your mind on things above, you can actually unset your mind. You can pull it back. So, when the Bible says he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him, he's not talking of the man who occasionally sets his mind on God. He's talking about the man whose mind is consistently fixed on God. Are you here? Okay, great. All right. This is just introduction. All right? So, the emotional part of our being, the emotional part of our being is the part we use for our, of our soul, is what we use for love. For hatred, for joy, for grief. Okay, Songs of Solomon chapter 1 verse 7 and Psalm 42 verse 1. So that's where all your romantic love comes from. Um, all your grief, your crying, your hearts. You know, tell me all you whom my soul loves. Alright, so go to Songs of Solomon. A lot of, you know, many waters cannot quench love and all those many things you print on your wedding cards. You know, they come out from that emotion. The emotion of grief, the emotion of hurt, the emotion of pain. Been broken hearted and all that. Joy also comes from your soul realms. Joy comes from your soul realm. Now this is where it, the joy that God gives emanates from your spirit. Which is the fruit of the spirit. That joy is permanent. But it, what people call joy a lot is their soul realm. So you do something, they are very excited. And the next minute, they are no longer excited. That's not the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is consistent. 
Now, I'm going to show you something which is very important. So, joy is a great part of our emotion. Isaiah 61 verse 10 and Psalm 86 verse 4. Psalm 86 verse 4. So, I'm going to, and this is, um, this is where you need to follow this now. Okay? So, the first circle I drew was, sorry, I haven't written the board in years. So, the first circle I did for you in your, in your little graph there, is mine okay you have spirit soul and body all right smaller circle spirit on your inside your soul and then your body okay so if you're writing i want you to draw it in this other way so here is your spirit here is your soul and here is your body so i want you to have this on your paper this is The biggest key to this message. When God created Adam, Adam ought to live from the spirit. Your spirit gives direction to your soul. Your soul gives direction to your body. This is the right order for the man who is born again. This is the right order. You live from the spirit out. Okay? Now, I talked about, if you look at your little graph there on your body, I talked about uh, the body, your eye, your ears, your sense of smell and touch, right? Now, um, they call the gates to your body, right? They call the gates to your body. That's why what you watch, I'll tell you this right now. What, you know, interestingly, I was watching, there's one interesting comedy it wasn't an interesting comedy it was just a funny comedy i stumbled on right so um i don't know well i'll just say it for the sake of being uh just for the sake of helping you understand so there was this couple i don't know if any of you have stumbled on it the lady would want something the lady was pregnant and then they were married so they might be walking or they would just be going and then the lady might see someone licking ice cream you know, and then the lady would tell the husband, say, uh, your baby say he wants to lick ice cream. Okay, so what that means is the man should go and, you know, collect there and it's that particular ice cream. So I found it quite interesting. She would just sit down and say, uh, baby say you should feed me. So the guy would carry food and feed. It was just interesting. So I, I think I stumbled on it like two, three times. So I kind of like watched it. So I was using to make fun with her. Pastor Mary at home. So sometimes I'll just say, ah, your baby says you should give me food. So, so I, I realized that for two, three days I was saying that. Now, what had happened is that I have fed with my eyes, right? My eyes in my body. I have fed an information, right? That's in, going into my soul. Now, what's happening here is that that is deposited in my soul. So, because it's deposited in my soul, when I need something, because it makes me happy, you know, my soul picks up that information and sends it back again through my mouth. So, I watched my baby say, give me ice cream. It comes into my soul. It's fed. Now, I want to eat food. It comes out. Which means that this information has gone into my system and it's coming out of my system. 
Are you, are you following this? That's how people get addicted to pornography and become sexual perverts. Comes in through the eyes, gets into your soul, deposits there, comes out in your actions. After three days, I didn't say it again. Then Pastor Mary said, ah, uh, have you not? So I said, I'm not watching. So I haven't watched it since that time. And guess what? It hasn't come out. There is nothing in this life you want to stop that you cannot stop. You don't want to stop it. If you want to stop it, you can stop it. Your soul can choose and your soul can refuse. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Listen to me. There is no child of God that is a victim. Not even of sickness. What I'm teaching you tonight, if you are sick here tonight and you want to walk free, you can walk free without me laying hands on you. Your soul chooses healing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you following me? All right. So, your body, your ears, you see your ears, hear stuff and all that. All those things feed information to your soul. So, the greatest issue of man is the soul. Because what is happening is, the spirit is trying to control the body through the soul. The body wants, the, the enemy also wants to control you through your body. And there's that tussle between what you call the flesh and the spirit. Now, I'll tell you how this relates to sickness in a, in a moment. Now, this is what's going on here. So, your soul has all of those emotions. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, see what happened. He said, the spirit is willing, but what? The flesh is weak. Now, the flesh here, speaking about his body, right? Now, when we, I want to ask you a question. It's not a trick question, simple. When we say the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak, or what do we mean? What will you do if you, if you want to pray and say, ah, spirit is willing, flesh is weak. What will you do? Eh? The flesh supersedes. But you realize what Jesus did? He pressed through. That's to tell you that a strong spirit and a weak body, the spirit can still supersede what the body wants. But you know what happened? If your spirit, now pay attention, if your spirit is not well trained, is not rich, is not strong, immediately you say the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. The soul we say we said it. What will happen? The body and the soul will suppress the spirit. So, 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 and let me say this here because I don't want to forget. When we say do your prayers, when we say read the Bible, if you miss a message, listen. Listen to me, child of God. It's not for our good. It's for you to develop a strong spirit. Because your life will go in the direction of the strength of your spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? So a lot, you know, F.F. Bosworth said, many people feed themselves um, three hot meals every day and feed their spirit one cold snack. You see, that, that hurry you are hurrying to rush out of the house that you can't pray. You see, that you are so busy, you can't pray, you can't study the word of God. What you are doing is you are drying up your spirit. 
And guess what? When calamity hits, it's like, you know people go to the gym every day, right? There are people who go to the gym every day. Hmm? Look at this. Follow me. When people go to the gym every day, they don't carry 120 kilograms, right? They carry 5 kilograms, right? 10 kilograms. They just keep building 30 minutes every day. Before you know, their muscles have come out. They are well built. You know for some people, when they now see that, oh, maybe they want to get married, the suit is not fitting in. They now rush to the gym. <laughs> right? They want to quickly... How many of you have tried to lose weight in two, three days? Right? Just to fit into your clothes. Maybe you have your you chief bridesmaid. You'll say, ah, 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 this yet is not entry. Then you stop to eat. Then you are just drinking water. You rush um, um, vegetables. You rush... You enter again. You see... Life was not designed to be lived on panic mode. The reason most people do not overcome sickness when they are sick is that they are trying to force their spirit to receive an information that would have required one year in 10 minutes. So they say, I pray, read Psalm 13. They say, I read that. You are forcing your spirit. And let me tell you, anything that you are forcing to feed, you won't digest it properly. Don't prepare for divine health when you are sick. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Your spirit must be strong and you do that daily. Let me tell you, what I'm teaching you today, if you would practice it, you can live in health. You can live in health. You know, I've crossed a certain age in my life and I just realized I was having some kind of, I would have pains, I, I just feel this. You know, and then God began reminding me of this message. And says, go and lock your spirit. Load your spirit. Because I'll tell you something tonight. The devil wants to take you out of this world. That is the truth. There is no sickness in your life that will be a blessing. No one. If it is more headache, it won't be a blessing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And all the time you spend on Google researching what you are going through will not bring healing. Rather, you are feeding your fear. Let me, let me take it gently so that you'll get there. Proverbs 18.14. Proverbs 18.14. Now, look at this. Proverbs 18.14. 18. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14. The spirit of a man. Now, understand this. He's not talking about the spirit of God. He says, the spirit of a man can endure his sickness. But as for a broken spirit, who can bear it? So, it talks about two things here. It talks about the spirit of a man, and it talks about a man who's got a broken spirit. A spirit that is broken, that's not whole. He says, who can bear it? Now, go to um, the Good News Translation, if you have it. The Good News Translation. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Your will to live can sustain you when you're sick. Your will to live can sustain you when you're sick. Look at this. But if you lose it, your last hope is gone. Did you see that? Hey, come on everybody. Did you see that? Let's read it together. One to go. Your will to live can sustain you when you're sick. He says, but if you lose it, your last hope is gone. It doesn't matter the hospital you're in. 
It doesn't matter if you are treated in India, treated in UK, treated wherever. The Bible says your will to live, your will to live can sustain you when you are sick. It says, and if you lose it, it says your hope is gone. I was talking to a pastor who were in Ghana, and I remember the lady told me the story. So one of our pastor friends, the wife is a nurse, she's a midwife, and she told us this story about two people who went to the hospital. One had HIV, AIDS. One had it. The other one did not. Something happened, they messed up their results. The one who had it was given negative result. The one who did not have it was given the positive result. Yeah. Guess what happened? The one who did not have it fell sick started showing symptoms of AIDS and died. And the one who had it lived. True life story. So I wanted to confirm the story. So I asked her this evening just before I came that You told her this story, right? She said yes. Then she added another thing to it. She said most people who die of terminal sicknesses do not die of the disease. They die of the fear of the disease. Do you now see why the Bible says in 1 Timothy that God has not given you the spirit of fear but of a sound mind? Where's your mind? Sound soul. Sound soul means your emotions, your will, your intellect. You see, those depressive thoughts that you keep thinking and you're not fighting. This is what is happening. They are destroying your immune system. Those anger, bitterness, envy, jealousy, those things in your spirit that you're not dealing with, they are breaking your immune system. I have tons of books in my library on this subject. Some of the terms, they are too medically confusing. I don't want to (laughs) read them publicly, but I'll show you certain things. Are, Are you with me? What happened? What happened to that? Information came in from the eyes and the ears by a professional and says, you have this sickness. What, ha- what, what happened to her? Lost, she lost it. But if you lose it, your last hope is gone. Your mind and your spirits ought to work together to ensure you live long on this earth. Let me tell you, God will not override your choice. And I want to say this carefully because, let me tell you this, and it's very important, and I will teach it in the authority of the believer. You don't have authority over other people's will. You cannot pray, listen to me, You cannot pray for God to heal someone when the person has chosen death. Your... (laughs) Sometimes we say, oh, but we prayed. No. Our prayers are intercessory prayers on behalf of someone. But what are they choosing? I told you. Even my son, I tell him now. The older you get, the more I don't have a lot of authority over your life. You have to learn to resist Satan for yourself. You have to learn to resist sickness yourself. 
Because God has made us that every man has a choice. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? So, so you don't feel like, oh, because I love this person so much, I can use my faith for them and my anointing for them. No, 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 no. There are boundaries to your authority. There are boundaries to your authority. And listen, if you have children, start teaching them early to take responsibility. Because a time comes when their choices count in God's eyes and in God's ear. That's why when they ask that woman about the, the, the child Jesus healed, he says he's of age, let him speak for himself. And that's why when people came to Jesus for healing, he would ask, what do you want me to do for you? Because it's a matter of choice. You see, as Christians, we don't have any business with sickness and disease. And it's something we need to deal with in the body of Christ and deal with in church and deal with in our own lives. So, the human spirit, your will to live can sustain you when you're sick. But if you don't feed your spirit with enough information, that will is not developed. If you feed it with junk... Your spirit is not strong enough. Your spirit is not strong enough. So, when we talk about fellowshipping with God, building your spirit and all that, the Bible says, and Enoch walked with God and, and was not. What happened? Enoch fellowship with God until his mortal body resisted death. Listen, he wasn't even in the New Testament. Why do we see a lot of miracles in the Old Testament like we saw? Those men fellowship with God consistently. The Bible says, look at this, that Moses went up to the mountain and spent 40 days with God. 40 days with God. The Bible says when Moses came out, his face was shining. They had to put a veil. His spirit and God's spirit interacted so much. That there was a glow. There is a beauty that naturally comes on you when you fellowship with God. And there is an ugliness that comes on you when you lose touch with God. If you, if you are a very sensitive person, you will know a man that has lost touch with God. You will know a woman that has lost touch with God. Your spirit impacts on your body. And you, you see, this, we are in a hurry. We are rushing. We don't have time. This, this, this busyness we have adopted, listen to me, in the days of adversity, it's not the best hospitals that would save you. It's what you have fed your spirit. Are you hearing this? Let me read the story to you. This is the biography of Derek Prince, one of the foremost Bible teachers who has gone home to be with the Lord. Alright, this is one of, he has many biographies. This is the one by Stephen Mansfield. Let me read the story, so just listen. Almost immediately after El Amin, Derek developed a painful skin condition on his feet. His doctor struggled to reach a diagnosis and suggested increasingly complex sounding disease until they finally settled on chronic eczema. The heat, the sand, they were in the military in Egypt, the desert. The lack of bathing and the miles of walking all conspired to nearly cripple Derek. He tried to continue his duties in the hospital in Cairo, but because his condition was very critical, the doctors moved him to a secondary facility. Now, all of this was talking about how bad this disease is. At the end of the day, they couldn't really find a treatment for him. And then um, someone came in, ministered the Lord Jesus to him. He was very intellectual. He was very, very intellectual. He was a, he was a scholar. He was a Cambridge scholar. 
And the Lord, someone came, ministered the gospel to him. He received the gospel. Then he started studying. So Derek knew what he had to do. Um, okay. Then Derek, ever the questioning scholar, asked the critical question, but how does faith come? Okay, now I've skipped a lot of passages. He returned to the sentence in the book of Romans, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Then he saw it. Faith grows from the seed of God's word planted in the human heart. Faith grows, it arises, and it does so from a man's hearing of the word of God. Now, remember what I talked about these gates, okay? Derek knew what he had to do. He had to devote God's word. And he had to focus on the passages that gave faith for what he needed, healing. So he decided to start at the beginning of the Bible with a blue pencil in hand and mark all the passages that pertain to healing. And as he would delight in saying for the rest of his life, of course, I ended up with a blue Bible, God's provision of healing leaped from every page. Now, but there was a problem. When Derek heard the word healing, he thought of the healing of the soul, but never the healing of the body. Now look at this. He thought. He thought. So he was feeding his eye gates, but here in his thoughts pattern, he had adjusted the word of God to say, this doesn't cover my body. All right? He was wrestling with his knowledge of Plato. Okay? <laughs> now this is where, pay attention, I have a reason why I'm reading this story. This is why when the word of God comes in, remember this diagram, when the word of God comes in, as I'm teaching you right now, the word of God is not getting to your spirit direct. You know what's happening? It's passing through your soul. So whatever deposit of thought, mindset, whatever you have, is interpreting the word the way you want it interpreted. That's why two people can be in the same service and they get different results. So when he started reading this, he thought, no, it's not about the soul. It's not about the body. It's the soul. Because he has spent his time studying things about Plato. See, no information leaves you the same. No video you watch leaves you the same. Everything you are feeding into your eye gate is being deposited in. Listen carefully to what I'm telling you tonight. It's being deposited in your soul realm. And listen to me. Why the word of God does not work for a lot of us is not because the word of God is not productive. There are things in our soul that chokes God's word. See, a good ground is needed for a hundredfold return. And you know what that means? Every day, cultivate your heart to be a good ground. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Okay. Look at this. So let me read. Let me read. Spiritual things were otherworldly. You know, non-physical plateau are taught. So truth lay in the invisible realm of the ideal, but never in the natural world of the form. Derek would struggle against a platonic mysticism his whole life. But on this occasion, God gave him a clear correction. He came to Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. For the man who gives himself to God's word, the passage promised health to all his flesh. That was how God broke that stronghold in his mind. That's why I tell you, listen to me. When you have headache, you can rebuke it. But if the doctor looks at someone and says you have cancer, they won't bother to pray. They have started sending prayer requests. They have already said this one is big. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't know if my English is correct. But the bigness of that sickness came from here. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? It, it came from here. Because people have died of headache. But when you had headache, you just thought of paracetamol. Because you have fed yourself enough that paracetamol works with headache. There are people who have taken expired drugs and got healed. 
It wasn't the expired. <laughs> of course, people have taken expired drug that was okay then. But it wasn't the expired drug that healed them. It was the fact that they have taken drugs. They felt better. Listen to this. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Don't play with your life. Bro. <laughs> Listen to what I'm telling you. This your soul. You need to go and take charge of it. If you don't, the things you hear will not even impact on your body. Let's, let's finish this. For the man who gives himself to God's word, the, the, the passage promised hell to all his flesh. Derek knew there was no confusing flesh with the soul. And more, the translation of the word held in the margin of his Bible suggested medicine. My, you know, so Derek thought the word of God is medicine for the human body. Not just general nourishment for the soul, but healing specifically for the body. And that's, that's what that Greek word means. You know, um, held to all their flesh. The subject of, of medicine activated Derek's training. He asked himself, how is medicine taken? He asked himself. Then he answered three times daily after meals. So he decided to take the word of God like medicine after every meal for months. He paused after every meal and absorbed the words of scripture with the mindset of a man. Mindset of a man. Okay. Taking an antidote on a precise schedule. At first, there was no change. This is where people miss healing. Because what is happening is that the word of God is changing the image of your heart. I was sharing something I was reading with Pastor today. And I'm going to teach it during the faith conference. Alright? And the scripture clearly says that when you have said you are not going into the land, should I bring you into it? God was asking the people, you have said you don't want to go. Should I now bring it? God is not a demon that possesses people. God leads. It's demon that possesses people against their will. Listen to me, child of God. God will do nothing against your will. That's why Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but what? Your will. If he had not surrendered his will, <laughs> you know, he couldn't, he, God, would not force, God would not drag him to the cross. God would not drag Jesus to the cross like a primary school child who doesn't want to go to school. Many times we place a lot of responsibility on God when we don't want to take responsibility for our life. When last did you feed your spirit? Now look at this. Look at this. So let me read this quickly. Now, at first there was no change. Derek continued undoubted. Then his doctor noted a change. The eczema was subsiding. Derek encouraged by this, began taking bigger doses of the Bible. Within months, his condition had largely disappeared. Finally, the doctor told him he was fully healed. This was the same person who the doctor said there was no cure. What happened? His spirit, as he was feeding the word of God into his spirit, something had happened. His spirit began to release healing virtues through his soul realm, into his body and the body had no option but to adjust. Let me tell you this. Whatever your spirit sends to your body, your spirit is of a greater virtue, your body will align. But remember, he fed his spirit for months. See, that is the discipline we don't want to do. And I've told you here, one of the easiest things for me to believe for is it's resources. And I keep thinking about it. And I know years that I spent feeding my spirit. It, it's difficult for you to... 
I don't care where you put me. I can't believe that I'll be poor. It's not possible. I'm not going to start a business. I'm not going to do any poor. My soul is such that I can't think like. I don't think. I I can't think it. This thing does not come because I'm a pastor. It comes because you are diligent with feeding your spirit where the word of God is concerned. And this is not about feeding your spirit and looking at the clock. In the next one hour, half hour, you know the work? No. That's not it. This thing has been tried. Are you following me? Right. Let's, let's, um, okay. Let's read this. A joyful heart, Proverbs 15, 13. A joyful heart makes a cheerful, a cheerful countenance, but sorrow of heart crushes the spirit. Okay? Bright eyes gladden the heart. Good news puts fat on the bones. Good news put fat on the bones. Good news actually, listen carefully to me, good news actually makes you healthy. That is why if you consistently feed on bad news, you are actually setting up yourself to be sick. If you feed on what, so that's why this diagram is important. Because whatever is coming into your body through this dimension is important to your health. What the child of God should do is intentionally, intentionally feed your eyes, feed your ears, feed your body with what? With the words of life that builds a strong spirit. And what will happen? Gloria Copeland said, if you put the word of God in your heart when you don't need it, it says the word of God will come out of your mouth when you need it. The impact of your spirit on the human body. It will drive sickness away. It will drive disease away. It will keep you healthy. And this is not just about a formula. This is a lifestyle. Okay? This is a lifestyle. So the Bible talks about the sound mind. Now what is a sound mind? What is a sound mind? It's a mind where the will, the emotions and the intellect have been infused with the word of God. Has been infused with the word of God. Look at what Proverbs 20, 27 says. Proverbs 20, 27. Alright. So let's assume this is a candle. Okay? It says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Searching the innermost part of his being. Whatever God wants to do for you, he puts it in your spirit. He lightens your spirit. That's what is called revelation. Now, it means that if a man wants to have a bright light out of this inner man, you have to create an atmosphere where God can lighten your candle, where God can speak to you. You see, I know, I know. For some, some of our church workers, when we say write notes, you know, I know sometimes you feel like our own is too much. Yeah, I know so. <laughs> yeah. And I know for some people it's just about submitting the notes. I'll tell you something. And I'll tell you today. Your life is your life. My life is my life. We can't exchange lives. There's only one person who will exchange his life for you. That's Jesus. He has done it. 
So, if you practice spiritual things out of a heart that someone is disturbing you, see, the truth of the matter is that whatever result that spiritual thing ought to bring, I'm not the one that will benefit from it. You cannot study divine health for my good. And I'm saying this carefully because even for husbands and wives, there is no exchange of spiritual strength. I feel sorry for some men who say, I have married a praying woman. What you are doing is you are over-laboring that woman because if you were a serious person, she's supposed to be sleeping. Say amen. Because it's your seriousness that is carrying her to be doing midnight prayer. And I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. Listen to me. If that woman keeps praying consistently like that and not sleeping, stress will break her body down. Because there is how far she will stretch that body. And those of you who have assumed responsibility for other people's spiritual life and you are, you are, you are proud of it, you have to direct them back to God's word. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? I'm, I'm not saying don't intercede for your husband. I'm not saying don't intercede. But we must, we, must, we must take that mindset from our mind that there is somebody somewhere who will bear our spiritual weight. And meanwhile, I was, you, you are not praying. You are busy feeding your spirit with junk. And then you now live your life and your destiny for the, the poor woman you have gone to drag from her father's house to come and cry your body that, you can, that she can pray. So when you want to marry, say you are looking for a godly woman who can, who can sustain the home so that you can be destroying it while she's sustaining it. You see, those are, you see, those are careless statements that if you hear someone saying you should not marry them because they are going to be a prayer project. Why will my wife sustain the house? Why? What am I doing? You say you are busy making money. It's because God is not guiding you. Your spirit is weak, so you are running life with your blood. That's where the fuel of your life is coming from. Hard work, no divine direction, no divine guidance, no favor. Everything you have, your sweat stamp is there. I work hard for this. I work hard for this. They touch the remote. You have gone on. You know how much TV costs. They, 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 they cut onions. You know how much is onions now. They puff well in gem. Because everything you have, your blood was spilled on it. It's from the sweat of your brow. So it shows you, you have made the money, but they can't enjoy it in peace. Because you too, you don't have peace. That's why you see sometimes in the church, you say, it's your father's thing, don't touch it, it's your father's thing, don't touch it, it's your father's thing, don't... Well, it's not out of honor. It's because they see your blood shed. <laughs> it's precious. And you are boasting that you are a hard worker. No, you are not a hard worker. You are a man whose candle has not been lighted. Are you hearing what I'm telling you tonight? Let's move on. The spirit can drive your body. I'll show you something about the separation of the spirit and the soul and how you can live from your spirit to your soul realm. Luke chapter 1. I'll show you something here. Luke chapter 1. Feed your spirit. Luke 1 46. Just meditating on the word of God. Giving thanks in the morning. What are you doing? You're refreshing your spirit. You're refreshing your spirit. 
Get the word of God. Play messages. You are building longevity. See, it's easier to build long life in your spirit when you are not sick. Immediately you're sick. Fear had come. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, fear had come. And Mary said, look at this. My soul exalts the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Now, if you study those two Greek words there, go back to, go back to verse 46. If you study the two Greek words used there, when it says, my soul exalts the Lord, right? It's a present tense. My soul exalts the Lord. So my soul is exalting the Lord now. Now, if you go to verse 47, it says, my spirit hath rejoiced. Now, in the Greek, that's past tense. What it means is, the spirit rejoiced first. Then what happened? The soul picked that up and exalted the Lord. Let me give you an example. David said, Oh my soul, why art thou downcast? So David was speaking to his soul. Then he says, Rejoice in God. Now, of course, that rejoicing is not going to start in the soul. The rejoicing is going to start in the spirit. And from the spirit, we get into the soul. How do you break depression from the spirit? Is the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, where does the spirit of heaviness settle in? Your soul. The spirit of heaviness settles in your soul. Now, if your spirit is weak, it will overpower. Listen now. The spirit of heaviness will overpower your inner man. And before you know, you start getting depressed. You start getting suicidal. And you start feeling sick. That is why. When people are in a relationship, and especially, you know, I don't know, some boys do, but when people are in, I mean, really serious relationship, not this uh, Richard Card stuff that some people do. I mean, really serious relationship, thinking they were going to get married, and then they're heartbroken. If they didn't send any message, you realize the girl is beginning to grow lean. She will lose appetite. She won't want to go anywhere again. Now, what happened? It's called a broken soul. What now happens? Hot is there. Unforgiveness settles in. And that unforgiveness is there for years. It's not dealt with. What's going to happen? That's going to impact on the body. That's going to impact on the body. And for some people, it is even not forgiving themselves. Because some people feel like the sin they have committed is so much that they have to pay the price for it. So they carry the weight of that. See, sometimes we don't know what the blood of Jesus does for us when he says it cleanses us from all unrighteousness. What it actually does is that, and that's why um, David says, restore my soul. Why is he saying restore my soul? Bring it back to completion. Because people have fragmented souls. Let me read something to you. This, uh, this guy, Avery Jackson grew up in Bishop Kid Butler's church. So I was in a meeting in Michigan, in the U.S., where he, you know, actually the first time he released this book on the God Prescription. Let me read something to you about unforgiveness. This is from a, he's one of the finest neurosurgeons in the world, Dr. Avery Jackson. Look at, look, at, look at what he says. Sometimes stress and depression results from sin we haven't repented of. 
By acknowledging our shortcomings and sins, confessing them to God and asking for forgiveness, the weight of those sins is released from us. Christ died on the cross for our sins. They have already been faithful. Unforgiveness leads to stress and depression. One of the greatest challenges of being human is to forgive people who have wronged us. For some reason, we want to hold on to the negative emotions associated with feeling slighted or hurt. When we refuse to forgive others, we are clinging to toxic emotions that cause damage to, first of all, our spiritual health and our mental health and then physical health over time. What happens is when somebody begins to live in unforgiveness, this soul becomes dark and chattered. After a while, they don't feel like praying anymore. They just cut off. And before you know this, impacts on their physical bodies. I can give you a scripture for it. The book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15. Hebrews. Hebrews 12 verse 15. And if you listen to the message, Mastering Satan's Deception. Hmm? Mastering Satan's Deception. I talked about it. Right? Look at verse 14. In Mastering Satan's Deception. If you, ask, if you open yourself to the emotions of Satan, your soul will be bombarded. Hmm? You hear all kinds of thoughts. All kinds of things will come. And the more, you, if your spirit is weak, the more you'll be open to receive those things. You can live here now and just feel like a bike will hit you. Why didn't you live here and feel like somebody will give you a car? You see, when your spirit is not strongly trained, negative thoughts and emotions can settle on your mind easily. There are things I don't think. Why? Over time, because I fed my spirit so long, those thoughts are not around mine. And that's why, you know, you have to be quick to forgive. Have you ever, have you ever, I think it happened to me twice, have you ever seen somebody, I think one time I called with my friend, you know, Pastor Azuka, <laughs> you know, we had a very terrible fight. And um, we're younger then, we're not pastors then. And I saw him coming. Have you seen somebody you, you don't like coming and your stomach will begin to turn? <laughs> it's like a lot of you are fed. I can see, I can see a man on your inner side. It, it's all sad that is developing, you know. <laughs> and I'll read it to you. I'll read it to you. I'll read it to you. Your body was not designed for negative emotions. If we had a clear screen, I would have shown you, um, I would have shown you two pictures of wrong thoughts and pure thoughts, they took um, a scan of people's brain when they were having toxic emotions of anger. It was like a desert. It was like the brain was shrinking. And they took the brain of someone when their loved ones came to visit them in the hospital and it was flourishing like it was growing. You know, some of us that have taken pride in holding on and not easily forgetting or forgiving, we have written our death sentence. Yeah, that's what it is. Some of you need to go back today and take charge of your emotions. Because when the devil knows you are easily, he can, you know, he just plays with you. You just say, ah, this person, touch and smell. You just do something. A bike man will just, <laughs> will just pass your front. That whole day, you are gone. You will cause them. Cause their tribe. Cause you know, from one bike man, you have caused the whole Fulani people. You have even now said, in 1968, why did they take, you are now blaming Lord Lugard. For, that is one bike man. 
40 hours of complaint. In fact, Abacha should have just killed everybody. Now you have left what you are. Yeah. Now it looks like you are expressing your mind. You are not expressing your mind. You are killing your immune system. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Parents, don't let your children provoke you to die early. Are you hearing? You wonder, once you see the child, you are shouting. Spoon four, you are shouting. Plate break, you are shouting. You are even complaining to the door. Am I talking too much? You now realize it's a door. You now walk. It looks like you, you... Do you understand? Listen to me. What I'm teaching you now is serious. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A time must come when you tell yourself... And I'll tell you this. One of my... I mean, I'm sure for a long while, pastor has not seen me that angry. One of my younger ones did something, and it really got to me. It, and it re, I can't remember when last I got that upset. So, I was upset. So, I went to the wardrobe. And that's when I knew I was upset. I went to the wardrobe. I punched the wardrobe. Punched, punched, punched the wardrobe. I was upset. When I turned back, so let's be say, man of God. <laughs> well done. I knew she, she knew I was, I was really upset. And so the Lord asked me that, okay, this one you have done, so is the person here? I said, no. And then God began to teach me this message again. So the Lord said, the best thing for you to do is that when people come to the age of responsibility, don't take their misbehavior and deposit it in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because if that misbehavior is deposited in your life, they can be living well while you are carrying the death sentence. Because every negative emotion has a coded death sentence in it. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? And that's how you survive betrayal. That's how you survive betrayal. Because people will do things and you must learn to process it in the eyes of the spirit. If not, the enemy would always cause certain things to be done to you that will open up. Now, how was I able to overcome that? Because I have a strong spirit. The next one minute, I was fine. But if I didn't and I haven't developed both my love work and my spirit, what will happen? That will linger for years. I will not even be in a position where the Holy Spirit can speak to me. Remember, lighting your candle. So we're going to have instances when the enemy is going to force things on us. Through our children, through our spouse, it's going to force things on us. We don't take those things. We pray for people, but listen to me, make a decision tonight. You're not going to allow other people's baggages to settle into your soul and write a death sentence for your life. Are you still with me? Let me read something here. It says, Hebrews chapter 12. Um, let's read verse 13. Verse 14. Look at this. Pursue peace with how many people? What did he say you should pursue? Peace with all men. And the sanctification with which no one will see the Lord. 
Look at verse 15. It now tells you, See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it many are defied. How will the root of bitterness come? From those people you ought to pursue peace with. And if the root of bitterness comes, what will it do? It will cause trouble. That's why one of the greatest things you must you must take charge of in your road to divine health is your emotions. Allow your spirit. Now things will come up. Things, that's why I give you a second. Things will come up. Things will come up. People will drive daggers at your soul. <laughs> now I was telling Pastor something. Someone who left this church, man, blessed, blessed man. I haven't seen him in a while, but he was going to another church. So I was going somewhere and I saw him. I was really excited to see him. Really excited. I was really glad to see him. I haven't seen him in a while. So I went to him and I said, hey brother, how are you? Can you look at me? Fine. <laughs> I, I felt ashamed for myself. Like, why all this joy? So I just called Pastor Emile. Look at how this person responded. You know, and man, I can tell you some of the good things we did for that person. What do you think that's going to do to my soul? I rejoice, right? Yeah. But you have to. Are you understanding what? What I'm saying is that there will be the deposit of these emotions. And if over time these things are piled up in your heart, your spirit will not be strong enough. And when sickness comes and disease comes, you discover that you cannot. If you walk in love, you'd hardly fall sick. And don't just say, I walk in love. I'm talking about those grumbling those inner grumbling those inner anger you know we can have this plastic smile ah, everything is okay ah, stupid people. those those ones the realm of the spirits cannot be deceived are you hearing what i'm saying now okay um all right so quickly quickly let me see quickly go to matthew 6 15 but if you do not forgive others nurturing your heart and hunger with the results that it interferes with your relationship with God. Amplified version, please. Amplified version. Good. Look at this. Look at this. Can we read it together? Want to go? But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, their reckless and willful sins, <laughs> leaving them, letting them go, and giving up resentment. Neither will your heavenly father forgive you. But I'm not going into the theology of it. Look at all the things that eh? some people are reckless and willful. You just have this person around you who is a willful sinner. Just willfully bad. And you know those ones can pain you because they know what they are doing. You know those are the ones that pain more. When the person knows what he's doing. Yeah. It says you have to let it go. Leaving them. Letting them go. Giving up resentment. Because you can resent certain people in your life. And it's a death sentence. It weakens your spirit. It weakens the deposit of your spirit. How was it that Jesus was able to look at Judas and say, friend? <laughs> you see that shout? That's deliverance. So. I'm telling you. You, you see, you, you, even you that it was not Judas, so they did it to Jesus. You can, you can see your reaction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But listen to me. Do you know how Jesus did that? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus built up three hours of intercession. Like blood was coming out of his face. 
to be able to look at a man who will sell him and call him friend. That didn't come from following the popular person on Instagram. It didn't come from eating food. It came from building his spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When your spirit is built up, no amount of external betrayer can cause you to become a wicked person. And you live in health. I like this translation. It says, willful sins. Hmm? And take this message serious. I'll read something to you about ulcers. Right? It's important to express our emotions and deal with them properly in a way that honors God and seek guidance and comfort that will help us heal and lead us to a sound and powerful mind. Dr. Caroline Leaf, one of Brad Copeland's partners, but very good, good lady. Global leader on thoughtfulness has some powerful tools to do that. So Dr. Caroline Leaf actually studied, I think I read a, a book here, actually studied on how thoughts impact the body. Now, I want to read something here. Phobias are another example of physical reactions to emotions. Some people are so afraid of spiders, snakes, or rats that they break out in cold sweat and trembling when they see one. Don't raise your hand, but you know people like that. Do you know people like that? When they see rats or, or cockroaches or all of those things. Yeah, they just get scared and they start sweating. How come that a human being that is weighing 120 kg with spirit, soul, and body sees cockroach and sweats, breaks out. That's to tell you you are not as strong as you think. You know why that cockroach is making you do? Some people know themselves. Don't worry, just look straight. They won't know it's you. Do you know why? Now, this is something powerful. Do you know why your body is reacting like that? Eh? That cockroach, when you saw it, the sight of that cockroach or that rat or that snake is feeding on the information you have already deposited in your mind. I, used, I, t- I told you, I used to be afraid of dogs, right? Used to be highly afraid of dogs. But what happened? I changed the information coming into my mind regarding dogs. Over time, that fear left. So that fear was nothing but information fed. The fear you have right now about any area of your life is only because you fed something to it. If you will feed a different information, that fear will leave. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. And let me say this in two ways. If you are afraid, let me, say, let me just say this. If you are afraid that you don't want to have a bad marriage, don't get married. You will have one. You know why? Even though your choices look logical, what you fear most will come upon you. What's the first thing you do? You take that thing to the word of God and feed God's word. Rewrite that code until you can confidently they wake you from sleep. Say, you know what? I will have a great marriage. At that time, in any area of your life, finances, there are some of us that are fighting poverty. You will be poor. Because everything about you is, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be poor. That's what your memory is hearing. Settle down with God's word. Feed yourself with the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is what you call the labor to enter rest. And it's the labor many people don't want. And I'm not talking about taking one scripture by Thursday and by Sunday. You have forgotten whatever we're talking about. This is continuously feeding God's word until it changes an image on your heart. Okay. All right. So let me read something very quickly here. Let's talk about cockroaches. 
We can tell ourselves, I'm not afraid of snakes. I'm more powerful than snake. And the chances of my coming across a snake or me hurt by one as small. If we concentrate on the facts, we can have less emotional response than if we allow our fear to take control of our minds. Okay? So, you realize this. Anything you are afraid of, there is someone who is not afraid of it. So, let's take that cockroach or the rat or snake, for instance. Or even snake. Let's use snake. Because let cockroach not look very personal. Snakes. A couple of, couple of people are afraid of snakes. You realize that the same snake you are running away from, someone among the people gathered will take stick, right? And chase the snake. So you realize that what you're afraid of, that person is not afraid of. So the question is why? And some people eat snakes. Some people eat snakes. So why you are seeing a venomous viper? They are seeing meat. <laughs> Where is that control coming from? The soul. They have fed themselves so tobe. Snake is meat. It's like scooby fish. Snake is meat. Snake is meat. Snake is meat. Snake is meat. You, once you see snake, you are seeing hospital. <laughs> so your soul is hospital. Somebody died from snake. Ah, bunny, we don't. Hey, they will now cross me. Local boats, booking. So immediately you see snake. Death is on your mind. You take off. And the man sees snake and he sees pot of soup, a goosey soup. <laughs> and he goes after it. So the truth of the matter is that it's not the venom of the snake. It's the image you fed your heart. That's why I can have a headache. And I say in the name of Jesus, I'm not having this headache. And you, you have a headache. The next thing, paracetamol, paracetamol. This one is not working. Listen to me. If you want to live long, you can't play with what you feed your mind. The doctors cannot help and information you have put in your mind. Are you hearing this? Let me read this about ulcers. Let me see if I can close here. Some people develop ulcers when they are worried. Maybe a mother is worried because her son or daughter is serving in the military in a war zone. She can worry so much that she gets ulcers, which eat a hole in her stomach. This is the result of increased production of hydrochloric acid in the stomach. That pathway begins in the mind, which is part of the soul, then in the brain, which is part of the physical body. Then he says, the hypothalamus in the brain controls pure sympathetic reactions, which control the hypogastric plexus, which also supplies hydrochloric acid production in our stomach. So again, your brain causes that process through your emotions. Can you see what, what this guy said? This woman is just concerned about the son in the military. Constant anxiety produces enough acid, this woman gets ulcer. But how do we cure this? The Bible says, cast your cares upon God, for he cares for you. So anything you are worried about, cast it as a care to God. And what did the Bible say will happen to you? It says, the peace of God that passes what? Understanding will do what? Will guard your mind. So this is it. I'm worried about my son. Okay? So, I'm worried about my son. So, carries. Okay? Now, I'm worried. If I keep getting worried about him, keep getting worried about him, this thing feeds my body, feeds my brain, feeds my soul, causes me to have ulcer. Does that change him? Doesn't. The Bible now says, cast your care upon the Lord. 
Great shall be the peace of your children because they are taught of the Lord. I take the scripture that promises him long life. Um, your seed shall be mighty on the earth. I am a house who will serve the Lord. I take those scriptures. Come on, what do I do? Every time I think of carries, I feed my... This is an example, by the way. Not worried about him. You know, I, <laughs> I feed my before people go and tell him after service, don't give your father also. All right. Okay. <laughs> He's a great guy. Sorry, this is just an example. So, I feed my eyes. Instead of focusing my eyes on him misbehaving, what do I feed my eyes? The scriptures. What happened? God gives me peace that guards my mind. It builds guards on my mind. So, some of us are sick because we are worried about other people. You can choose to cast the care on God. Are you here? So the Bible says, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is what? Of good report. What did he say you should do? Think on these things. Why do you think God gave us what to think on? So we can live long. So we can live long. So if any thought comes to your mind that doesn't fit that curriculum, what should you do? Don't think on it. Cast it on God. What does it mean to cast it on God? Throw it on God. Let God carry the care. You were not designed to carry care. Matthew 6. Do not worry for what you will eat, for what you will drink. Is life not more than are you following this? So these scriptures that God is giving to us is for our longevity. So choose gratitude. Choose thanksgiving. Meditate on the word. Build your spirit up on the word. In fact, thank you. Let's read this. Finally, brethren, whatever is true. So if, if, if Satan says you're a sinner, that's not true. And the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If he says you're sick, that's not true. Remember mastering Satan's deception. And the healed of the Lord. Right? He says whatsoever is honorable, right. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report. If there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise. He says dwell, dwell, dwell on these things. Don't dwell on your sin. Don't dwell on what the devil is telling you. Don't dwell on your failure. Don't dwell on scarcity. There are things the child of God must not dwell on. And I challenge you today. Watch what you watch. Because what you watch is building a deposit in your spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go back. Don't run away from your morning devotions. That 15 minutes of feeding yourself in the word, you're building your immune system. This is not time to worry. The future is bright. Because God has given us his word. Hallelujah. And if you have any disease, this is not time to worry. Um, Joel Austin's mother was diagnosed with cancer. She took scriptures. She took scriptures. Fed. Fed. Her spirit man on scriptures. The woman is still alive till today. Death has refused to get a hold of her. Her spirit is over pumped. You can live long. As long as you want to live. Why? With long life will it satisfy me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So today we take responsibility for our mind. Don't let the devil play on your mind anymore. Allow your soul to be controlled by your spirit. It says cast your care on God for he cares for you. That scripture will make you live long. Oh, something is bothering you. I cast the care on God. I cast the care on God. And keep feeding your spirit. If there's any incurable disease in your, in your life, in your body, your physical body, feed your spirit until that disease cannot get a hold of you anymore. Praise God.
Last example I'll give. Remember the Bible says aprons from Paul's body was healing the sick, right? Guess what? Paul went to the Isle of Morta and a venomous snake beat Paul's body. The Bible says they were expecting him to fall down and die. And Paul did not die. How come a snake that was poisonous that the inhabitants knew were poisonous, praise God, praise God, how come, give me a minute, how come that that snake did not kill Paul? His spirit was so strong, it impacted on his body. You shall take deadly things, you shall take deadly things from your body, from your mouth, and it will not hurt you. If your spirit is so strong, deadly things will not hurt you. Umabai was given acid to drink. And he said, this acid will not kill me. It will become tea. He drank it. He didn't die. John, the beloved, wanted to be killed. He was put in a pot of boiling oil. He didn't die. <laughs> Frying dodo and plantain has made people go to the hospital. Listen, we need to come back to the truth of the word of God that there's a supernatural dimension to Christianity that we need to come back to. Can you say amen? amen. Romans 8.11, quickly, NLT, Romans 8.11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 8, 11, The Spirit of God, look at this, who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, how did God raise Jesus from the dead? By the Spirit. He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit. Kando Sariata, living within you. The, the same Spirit that took the dead body of Jesus and resurrected it, the Bible says that same Spirit is in you and he says it will give life to your mother body what's the bible saying if you would allow the spirit of god to govern your life it will bring life here it will give it life that means the life that your mortal body is now sustained with will not be from the outside it will be from the inside the christian leaves from the inside out are you still here are you still here Romans 8, 9 says, You, however, are controlled not by the flesh, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you. So, the child of God is controlled by the Spirit from the inside and not by the flesh. See, church, we need to be a people that live in divine health. Hallelujah. Whatever the condition is in Jesus' name, we take authority over every form of sickness and disease right now. We rebuke the spirit of infirmity and we call you healed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.